Greetings and welcome to the 98 Not Out podcast. Uh, joining me today is Richard Clark, uh, and we are going to talk, well, we're going to talk about lots of things. Um, remember to subscribe and uh, let's get into it. Richard, how are you? You looking well? Uh, I'm very well. How are you? How are you coping uh, with the news, or is it out yet? Have I let the can out out the bag here? Or, or no, what? the news is out there. It's the the the, the 98 Not Out radio show is coming to an end, and um, we shall be transferring uh, to a podcast version in the near future. But um, yes, today is the the the, the, the news, which um, basically due to work commitments, um, regular listeners uh, will know that all of this stuff is voluntary. Uh, and while we were working from home, it was all very, very easy to do. But uh, no, the paid job bosses are telling us both Webby and I to get back into town. So it's making it pretty much impossible to do the the live show every Thursday. But one door closes, another one opens. So I'm not here to feel miserable, Rich. I'm not here to grumble. I'll leave you to do that. <laughs> That's my job in, in this whole whole <laughs> shebang. But uh, you're, you're coping well because, as I say, you're going back to work, but your baby's leaving home. It's leaving the the, the Phoenix FM nest, which, uh, yeah, there'll be positives and negatives, but uh, hopefully more positives. Now, it's that grumbly time of year where the weather has turned, the evenings are getting longer, days are getting shorter, my grass still needs cutting. And the cricket season in this country has come to an end. So I thought I'd just, with your help, just pick over the bones of what we've seen in 2022 um, from the county um, point of view. Uh, lots to go through, but there's been lots of players of the year, teams of the year and whatever else. We'll get to that. But I just wanted to start with the LV Insurance County Championship and the winners, Surrey, Uh Pretty much, although Hampshire fans might argue with me, but Surrey were pretty much the deserved winners. And they did it with a lot of internationals missing at various points and to various extents. And that was an excuse that Yorkshire or Yorkshire fans trotted out for Yorkshire's relegation. So if you don't mind, a quick word about Surrey, but I'd like to explore um, the, the the subject of Yorkshire in more detail. Yeah, I think sorry, we're deserved uh, winners. Look, you know, with regard to players missing, they'll always have players missing. They are the most money club, and um, that is seen on the pitch. Frankly, they should win many more titles than they do. I think they in two thousand and eighteen when they won it, that was the first time in what sixteen, seventeen years, something like that. Yeah, so they should win more titles than they do. They've been uh, quite close in recent times, and. They're always going to have the ability to get the best talent in uh, in terms of stars, but also you know that's seen in terms of um, uh, getting the most out of their youth section. Um, you know why did Ben Folks go to Surrey when he left Essex rather than any other team? Well, you know maybe there were finances involved there, and that's not to criticise Surrey. That's the way it works within. Within um, within football, for example, you expect Manchester United to do extremely well because of the of the money that they have. So they're not satisfied at the moment with being whatever it is, fifth, sixth, seventh, because they have enough money to be you know number one, two, or three. So those are the expectations that they've got. I mean, when I saw Essex play Surrey away from home um, this season, the the I think we'd have won, but from an afternoon spell by Kimai Roach and Dan Worrell. And 
you know, they're both excellent players. And Dan Worrell is an extremely hard player to get because he's not counted as an overseas player. <clears throat> and those are the real hen's teeth because you expect to get um, uh, quality from your overseas. And Kimo Roach is fantastic. And, and Amla was the other one that they had. But effectively, Dan Worrell is, is a, is a uh, well, he's, he's not been an in international player, but he's a very, very, very good county bowler. And they blew us away. You know, that's not complaining. I think Surrey were the best side this year and they managed to get the most out of the um, resources that that they have, which is more than anyone else. But that is that is sport. You know, that applies to football, that applies to rugby, that applies to anywhere else. I thought they that they were the best side. Actually, Hampshire won more games than them. That's right. They won nine games of the, the most, but they finished third. You know, I thought Hampshire, I was a little bit annoyed with James Vince, when they lost at uh, Essex, that he was complaining um, about the pitch when they nearly got 300 uh, in the fourth innings to win the game. And I, I, I thought the conduct of Hampshire was not uh, in line with what I think uh, is the gold standard of county cricket, which, you know, yet again, I hold that to a standard above the likes of football. I expect the standard on, on the pitch and the and, uh, and 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 batters to be given out and and move <laughs> and uh, not over appealing and not complaining about the pitch and I think Hampshire were uh, guilty on that occasion uh, at Chelmsford so I wasn't particularly happy with with their behaviour so I was you know unusually for me backing Surrey um, uh -huh. and they deserved to win they were the best side they were the best side they deserved to. they're a very talented side and I would also say a really well run county. You know, everyone who knocks county cricket for being stuck in the mud, blah, blah, blah. Well, you look at Surrey's membership figures. They've gone through the roof. They're so yeah. well run. And I went there and I went there this this season. One thing that struck me, I had my Essex hat on. Everybody said hello to me, particularly. They said, how are you, sir? Are you having a good day? Anything I can do for you? Including Steve Elworthy, the CEO, when I walked past him. It's obviously a thing where if you are a visiting fan, they go that extra mile. And that was a little bit of quality from Surrey, in my opinion. A um, couple of points that you raised there that I thought uh, were interesting. Um, one, and I think we've talked about this before, but probably then something needs to be done about how you get rewarded for a draw, uh, in the sense that you say, sorry, didn't win the most games this year, but by facts of the amount of draws they did, that they were rewarded and got the points tally. And one thing I noticed in the 2022 season, which I'd like your thoughts on, is the signing of internationals. Now, it's great to see um, internationals playing the county game, particularly the likes of Bajara and some of the other Indian players that came over this year. But was there an abuse of the system where players were getting signed for very, very short, specific parts of the season to try and do jobs? I don't think it necessarily works with any success, but is that in the spirit of the game? Yeah, I'm I'm broadly agreeing with what you're saying there. I I liked the fact that what that Essex um, didn't sign a player to replace Simon Harmer when he was out for three games. We know how important he is for Essex. Actually, Steckerty only played three, only played five games, and Harmer only played eleven. So pretty much we we played with one overseas throughout. I don't like the situation where and it, it happened. Uh, with teams facing relegation or teams winning winning the title, they'll they'll sign a player for 
two or three games just to try and get them over that line. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. I, I think it's um, whether you need a, um, uh, a transfer deadline like you do in football where you know, you've signed your player or you haven't signed your players by that period of time and that and that, that's it. I, I prefer that because it's, it's too short. Same thing, Essex, you know, when we signed uh, Dwayne Bravo for the 2020 um, uh, finals day down at Hampshire, I didn't like that at all. And of course it completely backfired and we threw a load of money away on signing him. So I, I you know, one thing that is great about county cricket is there isn't quite the intensity about winning. You know, <laughs> the Derbyshire fans are going to be the Derbyshire fans. Or I use Leicestershire actually because I think they were bo- they were bottom yeah. uh, of of the table. Um, the Leicester fans are still going to be there no matter what. Um, you know, the Sussex fans are having a stinker at the moment. They're still going to be there no matter what. There is pressure, but it isn't so intense, and that allows you to make more long term decisions because certainly if you compare it to football, so much money on short-term decisions and cricket doesn't have the money to throw away. So I, I would be, um, as I say, I like the way that Essex have solved any issue in their game, broadly speaking. I mean, not quite in the last year with um, Christian Rossington signing, but most of the time they've looked from within uh, in the last five or six years and found an answer because the youth system is good and that's what you're looking for in my opinion. With regard to um, eight points for a draw, hate it. Absolutely hate it. Um, the We had a problem this year with uh, sterile pitches and 500 playing 500 in the first uh, innings. Terrible games that ran, that, that had the last two, two, um, two days going nowhere. It happened with Yorkshire on a Sunday. They had a good side out. I didn't, I didn't go because it was just going to be batting practice. I did want to have a look at Harry Brook play, but you know that's not enough to get me there because it's sterile, pointless cricket. And your points need to incentivise attacking play. And the ECB, with their edict on pitches and what they did with, with regard to uh, points for draws, did exactly the opposite, in my opinion. Whereas, you know, that's because they're more interested in creating county cricket as a... Uh, a training ground, a, 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 a school for the, the test game rather than seeing it as an entertainment entity in itself. That's possibly another discussion for another podcast. But, um, yeah, interesting if you are using county cricket to prepare people for the likes of a red-hot MCG or Eden Gardens or uh newlands um we'll, but they we'll... spoke about having them bat all day they wanted them to bat all day bat long so the pitches changed and that's why we've had so many more um players get over a thousand runs this season i'm just looking to see how many it is i think it was half a dozen alistair cook was just short of a thousand runs but you know keith keith and jennings ended up getting what 1200 runs uh, yeah, there was four over a thousand, which is which is more than most. Luke Wells was just short. Harry Brook was just short. Alistair Cook and Luke Proctor were just around forty runs short. Well, that's yeah, that's nine six six. Alistair Cook, I think. Yeah, yeah, uh, um, uh, and um, you know, okay, that's fine. Um, I can un- I I understand it, but you've still got to have entertaining play because 
while Harry Brook, for example, in that Yorkshire game, which ended up on a, on a Sunday afternoon going nowhere, I, I, I'm not sure how many runs he got, but say he did get 100. There's no intensity around that. There's no crowd to watch that. There's nothing adding to the pressure of that. And how is that preparing anybody for anything? Because you need to have intensity and pressure in any walk of life to help you improve. You respond to it, you fail a bit, you respond to it, you fail a bit, you, fa- you, you respond, you respond, you get better. It, it's, it's not uh, a proper preparation at all. And that, that for me is a, a big failing all the way around. You said about entertainment uh, and, and sport be, being there as an entertainment. Um, it's quite an interesting uh, argument. Are you, as a cricket supporter, more entertained by watching somebody bat all day or by watching wickets falling left, right and centre? Uh, well, what I mean, that's a different, different, different nature of sport, right? I mean, I made the point um, on Twitter at the end of the season: the the tournament that shall not be named was criticised a lot for its lack of. I thought we were going to get away from. That. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go there. Look, it's, it's it's the last show. It's the last show, right? <laughs> I, I can I can test the Phoenix FM lawyers the whole way as far as I can. <laughs> My last opportunity to get myself in legal trouble. No, um, but if you look at the tournament that shall not be named, yes, I've gone there. there it was criticised for lack of good finishes this season. There wasn't many lack and many yeah, good true. finishes. Not to, not to write the end. Yeah, and they were, and of course, that's an entirely manufactured tournament. And it's a, they've, they've gone with the idea of the rules, uh, 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 setting out the rules so it, it creates those good finishes hasn't happened you look at the championship the Warwickshire game at the end of the season was a fantastic finish that drew loads of people in and the day before Yorkshire nearly got home with John with Don Bess and uh, and Patterson so you had you had wonderfully and, and it's much better because it's organic you've got history in those counties and they've been going a whole season to get to this that's why the Warwickshire stream ended up with like 17, 18,000 people streaming in with no marketing at all, just watching it, you know. And for me, you know, I'm a little bit different um, from other people here. For example, one of the ways to, sh- to solve the, apart from getting rid of a tournament that shall not be named, which solves pretty much everything um, in terms of the, the, the squeeze of the timetable, I am open to three-day county championship games if you were to extend the overs to 105 a day or 110 a day or whatever but give captains a lot more levers a lot more levers that they can pull to create good finishes because there is nothing like a championship game uh, playing hard cricket over four days or even potentially three that um, creates uh, that, that, that builds to a crescendo you know, and it can be. I mean, some of the Essex games I've seen where it's two hundred plays two hundred, and yeah. e- every run is cheered. Every run is cheered, and yet you see a lot of T Twenty games, and they're blasting six after six after six, and you just get anaesthetized to it because it doesn't matter, yeah. because there's too much of it. So, you know, the the the, the game that Essex played in the um, Royal London a few years ago that was four hundred versus four hundred. What was it? The knots. Yeah, I think it was knots. Yeah, I mean that was that was not. I don't think think it was the greatest finish in the world, but it became it became rather um, sixes weren't exciting 
as exciting because they happen all the time. The whole point mm-hmm. of a six it doesn't happen very often, you yeah. know. And you need to t- tweak the rules to retain that excitement, you know. Um, but you know, Warwickshire staying up after being champions, Yorkshire going down after all their issues. Those narratives are better when they're organic. And that's what we had at the end of the championship season. It was a wonderful end to the championship that I thoroughly enjoyed, even though Essex were out of it. I saw Essex play North Ants the previous day and, and um, that was all good. But, um, you know, I was glued to the final day of the championship because, you know, that, that, that Warwick, Liam Norwell getting nine <laughs> and that Warwickshire, yeah. that, just, that was fantastic. And it evolved naturally. It evolved naturally. So, um, let's turn our attention to Yorkshire, relegated. Um, I heard somebody on Talk Sport last week as it was happening, uh, speaking and reporting quite hysterically about the situation and, and trying to explain. Uh, Andy Goldstein said, look, from a, if you were a footballer, how would you explain this in footballing terms? And the excitable, and I guess Yorkshire reporter said, this is the equivalent of Man United getting relegated from the Premier League, which I think is a ridiculous comparison. Um, the last time Man United got relegated from the top flight was, I think, 1974, um, once in half a century event. Um, Yorkshire have, got, have been down quite a few times in the last 20 years. Um, but that aside, there are a couple of things that I'd like to just uh, chat with you about. Um, one is the circumstances of Yorkshire this season. Um the, the the whole year has had the, the shadow of the racism uh, allegations uh, and findings all over it. Secondly, the lack of any real punishment as yet, despite evidence and hearings deciding, you know, that they were guilty or culpable. And then finally, the absence of Joe Root, which has caused a lot of discussion. But let's just start with the, the, the fact of Yorkshire going down. Um, should they have been up in the top flight in the first place, given what's all, all that's going on? Well, that was always my argument. The fact was that whatever they did this year was going to be under the shadow of the racism allegations at that club. And the issue, well, I think one of the issues was that the, the uh, powers that the, um, I forget which authority it was, uh, or which, which body in, in, in cricket, didn't actually have the powers to send them down. But actually, nothing's happened at all. There's been no uh, censure for them at all, as far as I'm aware, that there was the the um, uh, threat of not holding international games. Yes, that was there, and that could have been imposed at the start of the season. They fought back against that, claiming that that would um, uh, have the capacity to send the, the, the county out of business. Okay. But... What if Yorkshire, I mean, Yorkshire weren't far away from being in the title race. They had an appalling second half, but halfway they were, they were kind of in it. They were, um, uh, they were one of the, what was it? One of the one day tournaments they were in the semifinals of. I was praying for them not to win. If they'd have won something this year, it would have been even worse. Yeah. Than going down. If they'd have won something, having had, having not been punished at all, for um, for the now, and this is where we need to be careful as well, is what's been proved and what hasn't. What's been proved and what hasn't. Because at the moment, a lot of what has been said, uh, that there, 
that um, hasn't been. Um, this is where it gets very difficult, right? It gets very difficult because you don't, you don't. People need a fair, fair hearing for the allegations in front of them, and so, some of it has been uh, assumed guilt. That has been an issue. The other thing you have to say is that, um, you know, Azim Rafiq, uh, he's got issues to answer with for as well. Um, um, some of the things that he said and some of the things that he's done, he needs to answer for. That doesn't make in my opinion, his allegations any worse whatsoever. They still need to be answered to. And I read a piece, and it goes in my newsletter this week, in the Yorkshire Post, um, which I thought was a, was a terrible article, really, just saying that everything was fine until the allegations came out. That's basically what it said. And it's been the destruction of a club. This is what the, the article argued. Destruction of, of the club based around these allegations and obviously Lord Patel coming in and making some mistakes with regard to uh, employment procedure uh, because I kind of, he kind of cleared the decks, I believe, without uh, having um, gone through all the HR and, and legal procedure that, that, uh, that, that the law, you know, quite, quite rightly um, uh, says he has to go through. And, of course, that article misunderstands it because there was racism going on yeah. two years ago. It's just we didn't know about it. So let's not blame the victim. Let's uh, address the issue because it's an issue wider than than Yorkshire County Cricket Club. It's, you know, Essex have been fined £50,000 because they've been found guilty. My issue goes through go, go, goes uh, with regard to Yorkshire is that the, 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 the racism needs to be rooted out within cricket. And because the ECB left Yorkshire to deal with their own problems um, while the ECB were doing other things, the nettle has not been grasped. And now it's got murkier and murkier and murkier and more difficult. And we played a season ostensibly without Yorkshire being punished at all. And that's not acceptable. Had they actually gone down? Had they been sent down last season? Um, because guilt had been found. And obviously you need pr proper procedure to go through. You could argue they, would be, they could be fighting back now. But now they might, that they might have been relegated because it's all hanging over their heads. And if they get punished, there's a points deduction, so they can't go up. Um, and, of course, if the Strauss review comes in, Division 2 doesn't matter anyway. Yeah, They've yeah. been a second fight for two years. So I would argue that if, if this issue had been addressed properly, the ECB had taken, had, had taken Yorkshire much more to task, Yorkshire could be uh, um, on the upside of this. On the upside of this, trying to re try having having paid their punishment, uh, assuming they're found get found guilty of everything, we need to add that caveat. But also, um, they could be rebuilding things, making things better, putting in the structures, which I think obviously Lord Patel is in the process of doing, to ensure that um, racism is is not seen within that cat that county again. Obviously, they've signed. Shah Masood made made him captain, which I think is uh, is um, is very relevant. Uh, but they've also had lots of players leave. Cody Cadmore's left. Uh, Willie's left. Um, you know, so uh, Patterson's retired. Um, so there's a lot of change there. The issue is it started murky and it's still murky, and they've gone down in the interim. So how much has actually been solved? Yeah, that's right. I mean, the whole pro the whole problem, as as I see it, was that. It's it started off 
once the the allegations were were made, that there was a lot of brushing under the carpet going on and, and, and just looking away. It wasn't dealt with head on. And then even when it became a big explosive national issue, again, no one really grabbed the ball by the horns and dealt with it. And as you say, by now we should all be looking on the, the sort of the to quote someone's phrase, the sunlit uplands of the situation. <laughs> yeah, well, but, um, but a lot of this goes down to, I think the ECB have a lot to answer here, can't mm -hmm. answer for here, because my understanding is that they left Yorkshire to run their own inquiry and they didn't find much um, or anything at all, I think I'm no, right no, saying. No. And then, um, uh, to his credit, uh, Azim Rafiq wouldn't let this go. Um and uh, those allegations came back and there, there clearly was, um, well, yet again, I need to put the asterisk of you want all this to be proven and for sure. Um, and, you know, how much has been, I, th I think the, um, the, the um, no, I'm not sure about the, the day in court, for want of a better phrase, even though it's not a court, is is coming up in the next few weeks but it's taken an awful long time for that and as as Rafiq is asking for that to be uh pub, uh public and i don't think it's going to be from what my understanding is and of course a lot of people have been dragged into it a lot of people have been um uh, uh dragged in for things that they've said and um uh some that as Rafiq has 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 been um uh, sympathetic towards, perhaps you, you you could say, and some less sympathetic. So a lot of people have been dragged in. But the point I want to make is that you know this is not just what the Daily Mail commenters call hurty words. Yeah. Racism is different. This is not banter. Okay, these are this is the shaping and the perception of a human being that affects their ability to get a job, the really bit of ability to walk down the street in safety at times, yeah. um, and, and their ability to be uh, seen uh, and uh, regarded in the same way as other human beings. So it is different. And while Azim Rafiq is not um, a unblemished character in what's hit, what he has done, that does not take away from the fact that he has been a very strong Strong in the sense that you know he could have buckled and caved in and taken hush money. I would I would have thought, and he decided not to. Uh, he decided to stick by his principles and get this out. Hush money is the wrong phrase. I should take that back. But um, I know what you mean. I know yeah, what you mean. Just yeah, to go away, basically. Yes, and many people would do would do that. And he's come out and said, "I'm not employable now. I'm going to struggle to get a job now." So while he may have had a payment, other people have had lots of payments as well. Because because of the um, um, issue over uh, being Lord Patel clearing out the decks of the um, of, of, of of Yorkshire without going through due procedure, for example, um, Andrew Gale, for example, is now running a furniture business, I, I I believe, and but if but on the other side of that, you need to look at what Andrew Gale said. And his quote suggests he wasn't given his day in court. He wasn't allowed to put his his part forward. And he was one of a, a tranche of people that were were swept out of the club. Um, 
so you do need to see both sides of it, but you also need to have to be aware that racism is different. It's not like someone calling me, you know, fatso or baldy or whatever. It's different. It's different. And um, you just can't treat it the, sa the same way. And I still don't think a huge section of, Brit of British society has got that in their heads, that it is mm. different. No, you're right. Okay, moving on. Um, one of the headlines that dogged Yorkshire, apart from the relegation, was the fact that Joe Root was pictured playing golf with Kevin Peterson, Piers Morgan and Michael Vaughan on the day that they went down. Uh, and Yorkshire fans were all up in arms about this and cited the fact that they weren't helped this season by their top players being away on international duty. Now, as we said earlier on, Surrey had the same issue and even Essex had a similar issue, but they managed to work their way around it. Um, why couldn't Yorkshire? And was Joe Root right to be off playing golf? I find this one difficult, you know. I find this difficult because I've seen people write that you should have played, it was only one game, but we're so concerned about timetables now, we're so concerned about player workload, would it have been an issue had he been not there, but just not into, not photographed with Piers Morgan, you know, and mm -hmm. Kevin Peterson? You know, would it have been better for him? He could have been off, and if he'd have spent the day around his house pottering around, um, perhaps it wouldn't have been an issue. But he's still not there for Yorkshire, right? He's still not there for Yorkshire, um, and and if the other thing to bear in mind is that for many years, those central contracts have effectively made players, England players first. So what do you do? What do you do? Actually, in my opinion, Joe Root has played relatively uh, quite a few times for Yorkshire. He's come back and played for them. I think he's been relatively good at that. But they needed him in this occasion. They were struggling for runs. Could he have played? He's physically capable of playing and turning up. Absolutely. Is he in the right shape too? Is it fair on him given his workload? <sighs> really tough. Really, really tough. Really. There's an article by David Hops on this uh, on Crick Info um, where it talks about some of the issues that they had around the 2015 title decider when they were playing at Middlesex and some of the issues about players who were involved or not involved in that game. And it's just an interesting counterpoint um, ab about the way that, that the, um, the club handled that. Um, I mean, yeah, it, there's so much talk about player work workloads and it's hard for me to comment not having been a player you know, and not understanding everything that is involved with those player workloads that psychological and physical uh, draining that goes on. I know he hadn't actually played for a fair amount of time, you know, so my temptation is to say he should have played because I think it was so important for Yorkshire. Um, but I'm, a, I'm, aware of the, I'm aware of some of the things I don't know and don't fully understand on that one. Yeah, and I think in this day and age of branding and uh media importance and media content it's just not a good look is it in the old days you could have probably gone up and played golf and no one would have known about it but the fact is with people that are twitter fiends all three of them 
um, that it got put out straight away, and it just gave fuel to the fire, really, um, you know, away from the rights or wrongs of him actually playing or not. It just, it just looks like he's having fun. He's just having look, it looks like he's having fun while Yorkshire's going down. And that's the other thing. You see, he could have still had fun, but not in a public place. <laughs> and it wouldn't have been an issue. We wouldn't be talking about it, but for that picture, I'm sure. Yeah. All right, well, we'll wrap it up there, Rich. Uh, many thanks for giving us your time. And many thanks for all of the stuff that you've done with the radio show all down the years. You've been probably one of our most heavyweight contributors in terms of appearances. You're calling me fat, and, You're huh? calling me fat there. You're calling me fat? <laughs> I said in terms of appearances and oh, in terms right. of content. Well, it is in terms of appearances. <laughs> That's it. I'm never appearing on Phoenix FM again. That's it. I'm calling it a line there. <laughs> Yeah, you're barred. Get out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been look, it's a really interesting show, and I think the Phoenix FM has, has uh, uh, have done a great job. Ninety-eight Not Out is uh, is um, I mean, the, the quality of guests you've got on has been fantastic. You know, uh, and and, this, and no disrespect, but relative to the size of the show, you're getting oh, yeah. like BBC guests on. You know, and uh, they've got a for a start, a lot of people booking these things, and and uh, you know, with all due respect, a lot more reach. So the the, the bang for the buck that you get out of 98 Not Out has been fantastic. And the work, work that you guys have done, especially you, Darren, has been, has been great. So I'm sorry to see it go, but I'm glad that, that, that it's going to have the ability to live on in some way. Yes. Phoenix from the flames, I yeah, think, is the, is the way to do it. Maybe that's what we'll, we'll call the podcast. Maybe we'll rename it. I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, uh, Richard Clark, and of course, the, uh, the new... Uh, County Cricket Newsletter is out as yet or imminent? Yeah, yeah. It, I'm literally going to go back and work on it this afternoon. So it'll be out uh, by the end of the week. It's probably going to go bi-weekly now uh, until the end of the season. And I have a quick plug. I'm looking for a sponsor. I'm looking for a sponsor because what I want to do is get a little bit of money and then throw it into um, uh, uh, charitable work to get kids playing cricket. So if, if, I, if I make any money from advertising or sponsorship, that will go to uh, cricketing charities. So the Grumblers County Cricket Newsletter, just Google County Cricket Newsletter. It's the top thing that comes up on Google and you can contact me there. Fantastic. Richard Clark, a.k.a. The Grumbler. Thanks for everything. Thanks for listening to 98 Not Out, the cricket podcast. Please subscribe to the show in your podcast app to make sure you see the new episode each week as it appears in your feed. And if you enjoy the show, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts to help us introduce the show to even more people. Thank you so much, and we'll catch you on the next episode.